Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach, with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bites, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss, and we share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome, and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing with you a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. So welcome to episode three of Ross Jones' Bold Business Bites. Today we're joined by Angela Saunders of Crow Recruitment. This woman is a true inspiration for good old-fashioned values. She found her purpose in life by being and doing the opposite of what she'd experienced herself by working in big corporates. So if you're fed up with people in business that just chase the money, listen on. This woman truly cares about people, so much so that she once made an apple pie for somebody who was having a really bad day. She started a business off with a PC and a phone in her bedroom and now has a highly successful, well-respected recruitment business, not just in Yorkshire, but across the UK. And she's very recently set up a fabulous networking group in Rydale. She truly cares about people and understands the importance of personalities in business, looking after your team rather than just chasing the money. And later in the show, I'll also be talking about a personality profiling tool that I use in my business with my clients to help them build fabulous, engaged teams. And we'll touch also on a a couple of other uses of that personality profiling tool. But for now, welcome to episode three. Welcome to Ange Saunders of Crow Recruitment. Hello there. Thank you so much for coming to uh, speak with us this morning. And so I'd love to ask you the one question is why you set up in business? Okay, um, that's an easy one. I worked in recruitment for several years um, in Leeds originally and um, found that I didn't really enjoy recruitment. It was very salesy, very targeted, not human focused at all. And I decided that I could do all of the things that I was doing for their businesses on my own, but feel good about it. I love that. And I found speaking with business owners in this area and that a lot of people set up business because they love doing what they do. And they're the technician in the business, if you like. And I think they can do it better than the boss. So they go out and set up it by themselves. But sometimes they actually don't know how to build a business. But you've got a great successful business here. So tell us how long you've been in business and what's made you be, what's the thing about you that's helped you build that business and, and be the entrepreneur as well as the technician? I think it comes from my family roots. My mum and dad have always been quite entrepreneurial. They've always um, looked for new ways to build business and, and do different things. And I think it, it comes from my, my family roots. Setting up my business initially was like most recruitment agencies would set up. I had a PC and a phone in my bedroom. <laughs> as daft as it sounds, that's, that's what happened. And because I had several businesses that I'd worked for in the past, I had regulations to follow and I couldn't contact any clients that I'd been in touch with for 12, 24 months. So it was literally me, a computer and a phone. And my dad always said to me, be dynamic. So that's what I did. I picked up the phone and introduced what I could offer. The rest is history from there, I guess. <laughs> Fantastic. That takes courage to do that. So 
what was your motivation behind that? What because you need a, you need strong motivation, don't you, to to do something like that? So, what was your motivation? I think I recognised and identified that I love working with people, and that I could be really good at recruitment because it's about understanding people, understanding personalities, and understanding what makes great teams. Yeah. And I'd had some really good background career with banking. So I kind of learned how to do things right. And I knew I could set up in recruitment on my own and not have to do the scary sales stuff and ring a bell when I filled a vacancy (laughs) or um, have a manager over my shoulder saying, make those 50 calls in the next hour or you're out. So for me, I think the passion and knowing that I could do it and that no one out there would be better than I was uh, engaging people and looking after them yeah fantastic so that's having that self-belief I guess it wasn't salesy it wasn't forced it was really down to your your own values I guess yeah so do you want to talk a bit about what are your values well my values are probably a little bit outdated and old-fashioned some might say because I believe in treating people as I expect to be treated myself Mm. as cliche as that is it's something that I've lived with forever and that's the way I was brought up. So values wise for me is about honesty and integrity and actually caring about the human beings that you work with. Because I think in our industry, there are many businesses out there that don't identify with that and just see the the commercial side of it. I care about the people that I work with and the businesses and the teams and what happens in terms of an outcome. So, you know, the, the success of a business should create repeat business for me. Yeah. And it often does. Yeah. So it works well for us. Who is it that you're helping? Who is it you're hoping to help? And who do you find that you help the most? Any business mm-hmm. that is looking for staff in right. any industry, in any specialism. So that could be a business that is looking for a HR manager. It could be a restaurant that's looking for a waitress a branding business that might be looking for some some marketing executives. We do everything um, as required by the businesses that we work with. We're quite heavily involved in hospitality at the minute because the hospitality industry is under a a lot of pressure and short-staffed. A lot of businesses are short-staffed. So we find that through recommendation, our business has just blossomed in that area. So, yeah, that's, that's probably... Fantastic. And and it's across the, it's national, aren't you now? Yes, we're national. Yorkshire is our baby because we're from Yorkshire and we know Yorkshire very well. But we work with businesses UK wide. What would you think is the number one challenge for employers at the moment in terms of recruiting the right staff? I think speed Mm -hmm. is something that really gets in the way of things and understanding of um, personality fits and the importance of those within a team. I think those are probably the main challenges. I think salaries um, and competition is quite difficult from one business to another if they're in the same industry as well. Yeah. In in terms of your ongoing relationship with the employers, do you get a feel for any particular challenges that they face in terms of managing or retaining their employees, their teams, what's going on there in the marketplace right now? I think a lot of people out there will move for more money and for succession. So they will move for a position that presents a more responsible title or they'll move for more money 
and that can be literally a few pounds. Right. And I think that's a, a big struggle today. I think on the candidate side, there's probably less focus on how they might be looked after within a business mm. and cared for and the human side of things. And people have got caught up, I think, in just chasing money. So it's, it's unfortunate, but it is the way the industry is. So one of the um, the programmes that I run, which is about employee engagement, it was based on a report from Gallup that showed that in the UK, only 8% on average of employees are highly engaged in the workforce. Does your experience suggest that that's correct? Or what, what would you say about that? I don't have a massive amount of experience in terms of engagement in the workforce, but my interaction with businesses at the very early stages of that engagement, we always encourage as a business um, onboarding. Right. Onboarding is engaging a, an individual in your business right from the point of offer of a position to that person starting work with your business. Now, some of the pieces of work that we've done recently have included finance director, for example, very senior people within businesses who might be on two, three months notice. Now, that space of time is a really crucial and paramount time Mm. to have that person feel like they're part of your business before they actually set foot into the offices. So for me, I try to help a business understand and promote onboarding so that they can get someone engaged in their business, involve them in team outings, meetings, newsletters, anything that will make them feel part of the business there and then. Because three months is a long time yeah. for someone to then change their mind and maybe be, mm. you know, taken by another yeah. competitor. Yeah, that's a great point. And the time that we've known each other, Angela, I think it feels to me one of your strengths is that connecting with people. And I know that you do a lot of work outside of your immediate business to connect people with people, don't you? Yeah, I do a little bit where I can. <laughs> and you've just and recently setting up a new group. That's do right. Tell us yes. about that. I've been wanting to set up a networking meeting mm-hmm. for a long time now. And I've tried to research different networking meeting groups that I've visited over the, the last 10 years, probably and try to understand how I can create something a little bit different. And going back to when you said, you know, something that resonates who I am as an individual and what I'd like from the meeting. So taking away from the salesy side of things and creating a group that can uplift people before they go to work in the morning, make them feel valued, give them some people that have similar interests, perhaps as contact, and build them a network of people that can do things that they can't themselves Mm -hmm. because I think that's the key. I think there should be less focus on sales, immediate sales, if you like, and referrals in networking. And it should be about getting to know each other. Yeah. Because I, for one, wouldn't recommend anyone. I didn't actually know. And I I think it will be a great success. Um, But we'll just, we'll have to watch this space, I guess. Looking forward to that. (laughs) Fantastic. And what would you say is the number one thing that sets you apart as an individual and as a business from other recruitment businesses or, or networking groups? I think as a business owner and as a recruitment consultant, the fact that I do care about what I do, I really genuinely care about 
the people that I work with and how a new position for them can impact their family life, can make a difference to to people's lives because that's what it does. It changes lives. And I'm never naive of that fact. On the business side of things, working with companies, I will try and do anything. And I mean anything I can to help that business, whether it's recommending people that can do things that I can like HR and coaching and development, or if it's making them an apple pie because they've had a bad day, because believe me, I've done that as well. So yeah, it's it's about recruiting and having a conscience about what you do and the outcomes of your actions. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much, Angela Sheridan. And it's clear, speaking with you and what I know about you, Angela, you are actually truly, genuinely passionate about what you do and helping people, and that's just wonderful to see these days because as we were saying earlier sometimes it feels that we've lost that human connection in business these days what do you think about that that's exactly how I feel Mm. I think there's a big shift in in businesses in the last two or three years I would say where businesses are more focused and understanding of the fact that personalities can affect their teams probably more so than a skills shortage but for me, I would love to to work in a, a recruitment industry that shares my passion and caring about how we can impact each other as human beings rather than just chase the money. Because I think if we look after the people that we're working with, whether that's a business, a team or an individual, that person is bound to come back yeah. because they feel looked after, they feel loved and respected. And I think that's probably what sets us apart is that we're quite traditional in in the way we think about the people we work with. There's something about traditional values. We were talking, as you know, that I love to read books. I love promoting books and sharing books with uh, my clients and people generally. Remind us what what was that book that was had such a massive impact on you and your career and your life, maybe. I was encouraged to read a book and it came from a um, a trainer that I used to work with um, in an insurance company probably 12 or 13 years ago now. And it was called What Matters Most. And the thing that really stood out for me in that book was that the message was that we don't necessarily have a short amount of time to do things with the people when we say we're busy it might not be that you're necessarily busy. It might just be that the meeting with that individual isn't as important to you as something else you're doing. So it kind of resonated with me and made me, I always think about it when I say to someone, actually, I'm too busy. Before I say that, I think to myself, are you busy? Or do you just not want to meet with that individual? And I think in this day and age, it's all about being straight with each other. And yeah. life's too short, isn't it? So make time for people yeah. is what I'd say that gave me as a message. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, and just to wrap up then, actually, no, I want to ask you something else. So <laughs> I love what you do. I just love you. But what is it that you do? As you know, I'm, I'm into this, uh, and it relates to that book, actually, and what you got from that book. But I'm trying hard all my t- all, um, myself to live a, a more balanced life so not just about my business but it's about looking after your health and your physical health your mental health your emotional health your spiritual health so how do you do that Ange? wow what tips would you 
What tips would you give to other people about looking after the whole you? That's a huge question. Um, I would say in the last year, I've changed the way I live. And I'm always thinking about new ways to help me to spend more time with family. Yeah. Family is where it's at and it's what's important and friends as well. So, well, I suppose I've I've incorporated a workout that I can do to keep physically fit Fantastic. on my lunch break. Ooh. And I do that every day religiously, reluctantly, but I do it well and it makes me feel good. I try to eat a better balanced diet um, and that's from influence of, of friends and family. And I think one of the biggies for me is I'm trying to find a way and I will do it, that I can start work after my children are at school so I can spend breakfast with them mm-hmm. and find a way to rejig things so I can be there for them after school as well because I think time is really, really precious. Yeah. And I realise as I see them grow every day that I'm missing out a little bit. So I'm going to incorporate a way where I can work extra hours some of my evenings to accommodate the, the precious time I have with my kids. Yeah, sounds wonderful. And I know you'll achieve that. And what's the one piece of advice you would give to other women in business or yeah, women in business, especially those who have young families? What's the number one piece of advice you'd give them? If you truly feel within you that you can be great at something, then embrace it and don't look back. Grab the bull by the horns and try because... You might find that it doesn't work for you, but it's better to have tried than than not to try at all. And if you don't succeed, you know what they say, just keep going and try again. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ange. Thank you. Ange talked there about the importance of different personalities in a team. In my experience working with business owners and their teams, this is absolutely crucial not just about getting the right personalities to suit the particular job you want them to do, but personalities that can happily work together. I'm a big fan of personality profiling to help you do this with as little pain as possible. There are various personality profiling tools out there, but the one I use is DISC profiling, DISC as in D-I-S-C. You may be familiar with this, but if not, I'll outline it very quickly. It's a huge topic, of course, but very simplistically, this is how it works. It divides, the tool divides into four uh, main personality types, if you like. So imagine a a matrix, a box divided by four. So we're either outgoing or reserved, and we get things done either by doing tasks or or by using people. So if we're outgoing and task-based, this is a D personality type. D stands for dominant, determined, driven. D people tend to want to be the best now, if you like. So they can be seen as quite impatient, not really bothered about people, but just want to be the number ones. It can be seen as quite ego, egocentric, aggressive even sometimes. The I in DISC stands for influential, impactful. These are outgoing people you know, who, who love people. They love to be loved and, and love people. And they talk a lot. So they're quite easily, they're quite easily recognised. The S in DISC likes people, um, but is reserved. So S stands for stable, supportive, stubborn, 
they don't like change, but they're very loyal. They want everybody to get on with each other. And the C in DISC is reserved and gets things done through tasks, so task-based. C stands for compliant, conscientious, competent. A C personality is somebody who has a very high standards of perfection, uh, very analytical. They love Excel spreadsheets. Everything has to be spot on perfect with a C. They love systems. So we each have a bit of each of the areas of diskiness, but we tend to be dominant in one or maybe two types. But the implication of the different personality types in your team is massive. So the D and the I, for example, don't like detail. Outgoing people, they, but they don't do the detail. Whereas the C and the S are, will be detail people. S people do not like change. So if you're implementing big change into your business, that could be a problem with them. And a C personality will take ages doing something because it has to be perfect. And they will be very intolerant of people who do not have that same level of of standard in their work. So if you get very different personality types doing the same job, that could cause you problems in your business. So, for example, if you get a, a C type, the competent, conscientious person working on the same kind of job as a high I, you will have problems if they're nearer to each other, because the high I will be up and down talking to everybody all the time and isn't interested in the detail, whereas a C will just be head down doing the detail and will get really annoyed with the I for talking so much and the I will get annoyed with the C because they're taking so long. So it's a really powerful tool in your business for getting, for recruiting the right people and also for understanding people. Andrew was talking about how she likes to treat people how she wants to be treated. But actually, the platinum rule of DISC personality profiling is that you treat people how they want to be treated. So it helps you to understand another personality in the team and how to get the best out of them. So it's a great tool for self-awareness. It's a great tool for recruiting the right people, for team building. And actually, it's also a very good tool for selling, because if you can recognise a personality type in the person who you want to buy your product or service, then you can behave towards them how they want to behave. So for example, if you recognise somebody as a high D, a dominant, driven, determined person, they're not interested in people. So there's no point really talking to them about families and holidays and things like that, because they're just, they've got five minutes for you to tell them how your product or service is going to make them the best now. And with a high eye, if, you, if you're not a high eye yourself, you'll have to put more effort into building rapport with that person and being really, truly interested in them. If you want to know more about it, then just please do get in touch. It just involves a, um, you, you have to you have to pay for these things, of course, but it involves a 10 minute online questionnaire, which gives you a very in-depth report on your personality type and also how to read other personality types. It's, it's a great tool. So um, if that's of help, just get in touch. Businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. That's me, Ros Jones. Thank you so much for listening. This has been your Ros Jones Bold Business Bites show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with Bold Business Bites. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening. 